Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We're in our ninth teaching in a series of studies titled Life in the Spirit. I can't believe it. We've taught nine teachings already. And so far, we've talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you've missed any of these teachings, you can pick them up in the bookstore. We've talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is our helper, our parakletos. He comes alongside of us to help us and teach us and lead us and guide us. We talked about the main job of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. We talked about the Spirit's work in regeneration and salvation and that God has given the Holy Spirit as a guarantee that he's coming back to get us. We talked about the moment you give your life to Christ. Are you listening? We talked about the moment you give your life to Christ. You're given the Holy Spirit. And you're given a gift from the Holy Spirit. And that gift is to be used for two reasons. You got your pen? Write this down. Number one, to build up the body of Christ. And number two, to glorify Jesus. Number one, to build up the body of Christ. And number two, to glorify Jesus. So last week we began talking about three of the 19 gifts listed in the Bible, the word of wisdom. If you were with me last week, show of hands. Were you with me last week? Show of hands. Nice and high, so I can say nice and high. Okay, that's a good number of you that were and were not. Um, last week we talked about three of the 19 gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the gift of faith. Last week we ran out of time as we We're talking about the gift of faith, and I wanted to share a bit more about that this week. So uh, we'll pick up right there this morning on the gift of faith, and we'll move on to the gift of healing. And if there's time, we will move to the working of miracles. I've titled this sermon, The Holy Spirit and the Gifts, Part 3. 1 Corinthians Saints, Chapter 12, and let's pick up in verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4, if you're looking at verse 4, I need y'all to say a hearty amen. Amen. There are diversities of gifts in verse 4, but the same what, saints? And there are diversities of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same who? God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of most all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. And to another, faith by the same spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, discerning of spirits. And to another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one, in verse 11, and the same spirit works all these things 
distributing to each one individually. Somebody read it with me as he wills. Now, if you were with me last week, let me have your attention. I mentioned to you that the church at Corinth was fraught with problems. They had many, many, many problems. Uh, everything from sexual immorality that found its way into the church to Christians taking themselves, taking each other to court instead of working out their problems biblically. Do you, do you know that, look at me, please. Do you know that it is unbiblical for Christians to take each other to court? That's unbiblical. The Bible says we as believers ought to be able to work out our problems among ourselves in the body of Christ. And the least in the body of Christ ought to be able to bring wisdom and discernment to any given situation. Why? Because they had the Spirit of God living within them. So for us to go to the secular courts or to the worldly courts to get worldly wisdom and worldly decisions is unbiblical. They were doing that in the church at Corinth, and Paul wrote them and rebuked them for that. There was pride and division and disruption in the church services. They had problems in the marriage ministry, problems in the women's ministry, problems in the men's ministry. They had problems collecting the offering. The use and the abuse of the spiritual gifts was out of control. This church was beset with problems. And Paul wrote this church in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. You look it up in your own time. Paul said, let all things be done decently. Anybody know the rest? And in order, decently and in order. Now, last week we began talking about faith. And we pointed out three principal kinds of faith in the Bible. Got your pen? Three principal kinds of faith in the Bible. There's natural faith. There's supernatural faith. And there's saving faith. Natural faith. Everyone is born with this type of faith. We use it every day. You're using it right now. How so? Well, you're sitting in that chair, yes? And as you're sitting in that chair, you're trusting that that chair is going to hold you up. That is faith. Somebody say amen. That's faith. And then there's saving faith. Saving faith is sometimes called general faith. This faith allows you a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then there's supernatural faith. We talked about these last week in depth. There's supernatural faith or the gift of faith. Some theologians call it special faith. Now, the subject of faith is extremely important to the Christian. First of all, the Bible teaches that faith is the basis of our salvation in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith is the basis for our relationship with God, Hebrews eleven six. Our hope is sustained by faith, Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Our prayers are answered by faith, James 1, 5 and 6. We experience the power of God by faith, Mark 16, 17. And of course, you know this verse. This is a theme for Vacation Bible School, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. What, saints? The evidence of things not seen. Faith is... Is an inward assurance that God is faithful to keep his promises. And that inward assurance gives outward confidence when we can't see the future. Did y'all hear me? Faith is an inward assurance that God is faithful to keep his promises. And that inward assurance gives outward confidence when we can't see the future. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and accepts the impossible. Now, the topic of faith has been abused and misused in the church. You know, there are whole movements that have um, established or uh, sprung up 
as a result of this topic, faith. You've heard of the word faith movement. Have you heard of that? The word faith movement. Uh, They teach that Christians can access the power of faith through their words or through the words they speak, that they must speak words of faith. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that Christians ought to speak words of doubt either. Somebody say amen. We don't we shouldn't speak words of doubt either. There's nothing worse than being around a Christian who's a bummer. Amen. If you're a bummer, stand up. There's nothing, I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing worse than being around a Christian who's always like a spiritual Eeyore. I'm so low. I live in a gloomy place. Oh, well, man, it's, you know, well, you know, it's sunny. It's, it's sunny outside. Yeah, but it's going to rain tomorrow. (laughs) It's like nothing worse than being around a Christian who is a bummer. Nothing, nothing, nothing is worse than being around a joyless, grumpy Christian. Maybe I could get a witness in here. We serve a great and awesome God. Am I right about that? And we should be excited, loving life, because we serve a great and awesome God. Honestly, I don't know why so many Christians are so sad. I don't know why some church services seem more like memorial services. One brother said, too, too many services start at 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. <laughs> Isn't that true? Jesus is alive. Somebody say amen. And he wants us to show the world a Jesus who is worth getting excited about. People get more excited about their team than they do about Jesus. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that. You know, I, um, y'all, y'all know I don't. Uh, Mr. Salman, just, just the hair up. My voice is a little tired. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't follow football. I don't follow sports that much. And, um, well, not at all, actually. And I, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but, but, but I'm learning because I have three grandboys now. And so I'm trying to learn. Because I want to know when they start playing pop morning football, I want to know which way they're running. So I'm, start, I'm starting to learn. I have a friend of mine who literally sits down with me when there's a game, and he goes, okay, this is that, and this is that. And I'm like, well, why are they doing that? Well, this is that, and this go, and these going here, and this is going there. So I am getting it. So just a couple of weeks ago, you guys know, I want to say it was two weeks ago, they had the... Um, the draft, the NFL draft. Am I right about it? Amen. <laughs> I'm getting it. I'm getting it. They had the draft. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing my sermon and I'm like, you know, I need to get up and walk away from this. So I turn on the draft and I'm, I'm watching how they draft. And I know that, you know, it, just because they get drafted doesn't mean you're actually on a team. Getting drafted means you have an opportunity to get on a team. Am I right about that? I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Okay. I'm getting it. I'm learning. So I'm watching the, the, and people are, I mean, I'm talking, people are going crazy. This is just over the draft. People are going crazy. And I know there's what, seven rounds in the draft. Is that right? Seven rounds. Somebody knows football. Somebody please shake their hand. Come stand right here and help me. Is there seven rounds in the draft? Is that right? Right. And if you get picked, 
it don't mean you got on a team. It just means you have an opportunity. Am I right about that? Thank you. Thank you. So I'm watching this. People are excited and they're going crazy and people get more excited about their team. People wearing cheese on their head. Do you know there's a problem if you are wearing cheese on your head? I would say you need help. You got cheese on you, but you're such a team. Do you realize your team didn't die for you? Somebody say amen. Your team didn't die on the cross for you. They ain't doing nothing for you. And y'all ain't getting a dollar of that money. Now, I could even see if they were giving y'all a little bit of check. Y'all ain't getting nothing. Y'all getting all turned up for nothing. You ain't getting nothing out of it. People get more excited about their team than Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus changed your eternity. And yet when people come in the church and you say, well, you know what? Let's, we, we need to give our hearts and let's worship God and focus on God. Let's really worship the Lord. People come in church and act like they can't lift up their hands and worship God. God said all of creation ought to praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The trees praise the Lord. Y'all ain't listening to me. The trees praise the Lord. The birds praise the Lord. Snakes praise the Lord. I ain't like no snakes. I ain't got no use for no snake. Maybe a wallet. A belt. Maybe. Maybe, but I ain't got no use to think. But, but when, they, when snakes do what they do and go across those rocks like they do and move the way they do, they're moving and doing what God created them to do. When the trees blow and they swish, the Bible says oh, the trees clap their hands unto the Lord. Birds, when they sing, they do what they do. Man is the only part of creation that will not do what we are created to do. We are created to worship God. We are created to give thanks unto the Lord. The Bible says when you come into the presence of the Lord, you're to come into the presence of the Lord with gladness, not sadness. Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. And I'll tell you something, it makes a difference in the service when people are excited to be here. Can't you feel it? Can't you, I'm the only one. Can't you feel it when people come to church and people's minds are not here? Pastor Matt, you know what I'm talking about. People's minds are not here. Their spirits are not here. They're, they're, they're home making a cake. Doing worship, amen. <laughs> they're, they're home cutting the grass or home doing whatever it is they're doing. Their hearts are not here. When you come into the house of the Lord, bring your heart with you. Am I right about that? Bring your heart with you and make the most of this time. God, listen, you come to church one time, but we give God his time. Don't rip off God's time and don't let the enemy steal from you what God has for you. When you come into the house of the Lord, we are to worship the Lord. And it's in worship that many times you'll, you'll, you'll come in heavy and maybe I can get a witness. Somebody know what I'm talking about. You'll come in heavy and you'll worship the Lord and leave out light. Am I right about it? 
Because worship has a way of lifting the heavy burden off of us. And when you're not here, you can feel it. You can sense it. You guys, if you've been around your Calvary Chapel, you know, I've walked in the sanctuary and literally felt people are not worshiping the Lord. The, the song is playing, the worship team is doing their thing, but people are not worshiping. I've walked up on the stage, have I not, Pastor Matt? Stop the music, reset. Let's reset our hearts. Let's reset our minds. All right, now worship. And it's interesting, all of a sudden we enter into worship because Satan is trying to rip us off. When we come together corporately, we cannot allow that. We need to serve God and be excited about God. I enjoy being around Christians who are excited about God. I do not like being around spiritual eors. I do not like being around people who are a bummer when it comes to God. Because I don't need you dragging me down. Satan can... Try to get me 24-7. I don't need your help. Okay? And worship God with enthusiasm. I told you that word enthusiasm. I love that word enthusiasm. That word enthusiasm, if you got a pen, you write this down. This is important. Enthusiasm is a compound word. N meaning in and theos. This is the word. Theos meaning God. Enthusiasm means in God. It means we are filled with God. Enthusiastic is how someone who is filled with God acts. To be filled with God is to be filled with life. To be filled with God is to be filled with love. To be filled with God is to be filled with peace. To be filled with God is to be filled with hope. To be filled with God is to be filled with joy. To be filled with God is to be filled with faith. In our text, Paul is talking about the gift of faith, supernatural faith. The gift of faith is the God-given ability to believe for the impossible, to step out and do things that seem crazy to other people. The gift of faith is the kind of faith that you know, that you know, that you know in your knower that God wants you to do something. William Barclay, a professor and a minister, said this concerning the gift of faith. He said, Paul is talking about more than what we might call ordinary faith. It is the faith which really produces results. It is not just the intellectual conviction that a thing is true. It is the passionate belief in a thing which makes a man spend all that he is and all that he has on it. It is the faith which steals the will, strengthens, steals the will, and nerves the sinew of a man into action. It is the faith which turns the vision into deeds. One of the clearest pictures or examples of the gift of faith one of is found in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Read it in your own time. I think you know the story. The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these boys were serving in Nebuchadnezzar's court, remember? And one day Nebuchadnezzar built a solid gold image of himself. And when the music played, everyone was to bow down and worship before the image. And whoever didn't fall down and worship would be thrown into the fiery furnace. Well, one day the music played and the boys didn't fall down and worship. And the king heard about it and he was upset. And he gave them another chance to obey and said, if you don't worship, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Well, in chapter 3, verse 16, you can read it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, 
Our God whom we serve, watch this saints, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. And then in verse 18, it goes on to say, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. These boys are standing, get the scene guys. These boys are standing in front of the most powerful man on the earth and they stand up against him. How? Because there was a supernatural faith that came upon them, a faith that came from God, that came upon them and they believed God and they were able to be delivered. These boys weren't putting faith in their faith. They weren't putting faith in their ability to manipulate God and manipulate the circumstances. They put their faith in God. They knew God was able because God is able. Where my saints at? God is able. And they left it. I'll wait while you clap your hands. God is able. Yes, he is. And they left it completely up to God. That's the gift of faith. That's supernatural faith. We see the gift of faith, the supernatural faith in the life of Jonathan. Jonathan had an armor bearer, you know, and he said to him, let's go up and fight against the Philistines. And he's thinking God can save by few or by many. We see the gift of faith in David when he went out against Goliath. He had a slingshot and five smooth stones. David didn't go out because he had great faith in his ability. He went out in the name of the Lord. We fast forward to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 8. A certain centurion came to Jesus to tell him that he had a servant that he loved who was sick and being tormented. And Jesus said, I, I will come and heal him. And the centurion said, no, Lord, you don't need to come. I know how authority works and I know who you are and I know what you can do. And if you just say a word, I know he'll be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't found this kind of faith in all of Jerusalem. And the servant was healed in that same hour. Again, his faith wasn't in himself. His faith was in Jesus. That's supernatural faith. When supernatural faith or the gift of faith comes upon you, the circumstances don't matter. God has spoken. Now, let me say this and we'll move on from this um, gift. God doesn't need great faith. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for shortly I say to you, if you have faith as a what, saints? You will say to this mountain, come on, read it with me. Move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Listen, this is one of those verses that is misunderstood and abused. The mustard seed is the smallest of seeds that starts small and grows great over time. And people use this verse to say, if you believe enough, you'll get what you want. Am I right about it? You just need to have a little more faith, implying that you have to have great faith. Notice Jesus says just the opposite. Jesus said, you don't have to have enormous faith. If your faith starts off small as a mustard seed, you can have mountain moving faith. Jesus isn't talking about the quantity of your faith, but the quality of your faith. And when Jesus talks about mountain moving faith, he isn't talking about changing the landscape. The mountain moving, moving faith is so you can do what is humanly impossible with men, but possible with God, because all things are possible with God. And the, and the object of this mountain moving faith isn't your faith. It's Jesus. It's faith from Jesus, faith in Jesus. And I bring this up because there's weird teaching out there concerning faith. I've heard 
faith teachers tell people, maybe you've heard some weird stuff too, but I've heard faith teachers tell people whatever they need by faith, they ought to start speaking it into existence. You ever hear? Now, now the world is, you, here's, a, here's a catchphrase, it's really interesting. Now the world is using phrases like, I don't want to put that out in the universe. Y- y- y'all hear that? Y'all ever hear that? People say, well, you know what? They're going to say something they go, or something negative. And they go, well, I don't want to put that out in the universe as if what you say, y'all ain't following me. As if what you say, if you put it out in the universe, it's going to come to pass. Listen, you can say whatever you want. My God is sovereign. Whatever he says is going to come to pass. You can say whatever you want. Well, I don't want to put that out in the universe because if you put that out in the universe, it might just come to pass. No, 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 no. And the church, no different. The church has this you know, idea that if you speak it and say it long enough, you can create it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.